Good morning again to all of you this morning. We're delighted you're here. Would you uh, please uh, refresh? I want to pick up a little bit from last week. And last week, as we were looking at the scriptures and looking, we also looked in the book of Revelation into chapter 5, in which we had looked and found within the scriptures the words also of the 24 elders and the uh, living creatures. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and under the sea. And all of them were saying... To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four creatures, the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and they worshipped him. We also discovered last time that as we went down through a brief history, the real change that we had affected us here happened when it went to the Protestant Reformation. We think of the Protestant Reformation in 1517, although this morning we were just taught about William Tyndall and how he was one of the uh, early parts of the Reformation in writing and translating the Bible into English. Well, the importance of why he was doing that was because of the rediscovery of truth within the Scripture. And therefore, when the Scriptures began to be preached, the Word of God became extremely important in preaching what God had said. And as a result, people began to waken up and attend church and to listen because they were being taught what the Bible said. After centuries of not hearing the Bible hardly mentioned at all, all of a sudden here they're getting and being preached to and people as we have the age of enlightenment uh, coming on and the Reformation all kind of rolling together, they began to see and began to think, wow, what an incredible difference that we had as we begin to learn from scripture. As a result, as a result, the scriptures became, the preaching of the word became incredibly important and occupied the majority of time when they got together. The sermons lasted an hour and a half, which I'm trying to see if I can work that into our schedule. So he asked for an hour and a half in preaching. And as a result, the preliminaries, as we came to know them, the preliminaries, the things that led up to that, they uh, were not anywhere near as emphasized as the preaching of the word. The pulpit became the center, the word of God, and I remember growing up that there was a table, the a table hat, and I had the open word, the word of God opened on visually for us to see that. That came out of the Protestant Reformation, very important. So what we had is the preliminaries, and the preliminaries that we came to look at, I remember my family referring to them. Well, the, the preliminaries and the sermon, that was kind of, what are we going to do for the preliminaries? What are we going to have? Well, sometimes we start to view that as filler, so that we can have more time to actually get in to hear the sermon. So there's time when, they, when we're doing the other things, and we're singing, we're doing other, That just gives us time to get in here, because we're here to hear the sermon, which is profound. That is great. I appreciate that, and I work hard to make sure my sermons. In fact, when I prepare my sermon, I like a message that speaks to me. And if it speaks to my heart, if it is something that speaks to me, I then hope it speaks to you. Because I need to hear the sermons I prepare as well. So those sermons, those messages of God are not just for me to share with you, but they're for all of us, including myself, to enjoy. So a profound truth, however, Adventists brought to the um, discussion within Christianity happened in the... For Revelation 14. Are you familiar with Revelation 14? Would you turn there, Revelation 14? Because Adventists brought to light 
an incredible experience, an incredible thing that we know as the three angels' messages. Those three angels' messages have an historical context. And if you had been taking my Revelation class, you would understand how those all take time and went over specific times in Adventist history. But skipping all that, we're not going to go there this morning. We're going to look at Revelation 14. And would you please pick up with me the first angel's message found in verse 6. Revelation 14, verse 6. Then, John said, I saw another angel flying in midair. Angel simply means messenger. That's what it means in the Old Testament, I mean the New Testament. And an angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every tribe, language, and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give glory, give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come Worship him who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs of the water. In other words, worship the creator. He was the one, the savior. And so those messages, that message came back. There actually are three important things that the angel was saying in there. Fear God, give glory to him, and worship him. Those three parts were in there. But as Adventism was growing in the very early part, before there even was Adventists, they began to pick up on the concept of the judgment hour found in the first angel's message. And William Miller was one of the ones who picked up that the importance of the judgment hour had come, going out of Daniel, out of the prophecies of Daniel's horse. So for many, many hundreds of years, uh, two to three, they were, they were preaching the judgment hour, Adventists have been saying, the judgment hour has come. I remember growing up as a child, doing that. But the first message of the angel is not necessarily a judgment hour. That only gives a sentence, the, the timing sentence there. It really is, fear God, give glory to him, and worship him. That's really what the message was. And when we have the rise of Darwinism and the turning away from God and secularism, you can see how important that message is. You can see how important it is to worship God, fear him, and give glory to him. So those, those things are there. So worship, worship is a crucial part, a crucial part of having a deeper relationship with God. It is an important part. And it's often even just thought as preliminaries and not really seen for the light in which it really is. When I first got into the ministry, I began to say, why, what are we doing in worship? What are we going to do? And this was years ago. And, um, and as a preacher, just starting out, I said, I want my worship services to worship God. And when I got to the seminary and went through, I had a wonderful class from a, from a who was teaching us how to worship, how to add more worship into that time. So the question was, why can't we now have both? Why can't we have worship and preaching? Why can't we have both of those together? Praise and preaching together. Why can't we do that? Why can't we? And of course we can. So as I mentioned last week on my first Sabbath here, that was amazing, uh, it was uh, at Thanksgiving, I was amazed at how this church knew how to take time to worship before God. I was, I was amazed at how they would take that time, those that moments of which we were actually taking more time in praising and worship God than many other churches around. Because they, we had also not only had the word of God uplifted, but we also had time for us to actually worship God before him and express like we see in Revelation. Fear God, give glory to him, and worship him. 
first angel's message. So he had more actual time in worship and praising of God, which I found thrilling. I said, on the first Sabbath here, I said, this is my church. I'm going to start coming here. That's where I wanted to go. So they were, whether they realized it or not, were fulfilling the message of the first angel. Whether they are conscientiously thought of that or not, but when we come before worship God, when we have a worship experience here, we are worshiping and praising our God. So how can I have a deeper worship experience? I'm going to give you some helpful help here. How can we, as individuals, have a deeper worship experience? How can that improve in our lives? Well, the things we need to be moved from being a spectator to being a participant. When we come in, we sit in rows. That was very much like it was happened in the theater. When we were over in the Middle East, John and I saw several Roman, Roman places where you could sit and sit in rows. We even went, climbed up on some of those, John. We sat in these rows where you would watch the stage. And we look that way because this is the way that we are comfortable in being able to present and to share. And so that happened. But that tends for us to be a spectator and a critic. When I go to watch an event like that or to go to see a ball game or something, they don't ask me to come down and play. I, they should. I should be involved in playing football or something, but so far they haven't called me out of the, out of the stands. But when I go, I'm there, I'm involved emotionally, and I cheer and so forth. They could care less whether I was there or not, among the thousands and thousands. Well, maybe not. They want me to pay them for my ticket. But, but they, they really don't care because I'm a spectator. I'm a fan. And I have absolutely no, no result there on what's going to happen during the game. I can't, even by cheering, make somebody catch the ball. Or they have to do it themselves. So now in worship, we move to be the participant. This group up here is not the performers. We are all the performers. So I need to move my attitude in my mind to be a performer, to participate in the worship. So when we had this song sung this morning, to us. Um, as, I was, as she was singing that song, I'm singing that song in my mind. The words were up there, and I could hear her singing, and I was, yes, Lord, that's me. I, I, I want that. I, I, I'm adding to that, and I'm singing that song to God. You see? So my focus isn't on, on the singer. My focus is on my moment to sing to God and having that. So worship service really isn't a show. We didn't come, we kind of say, you know, we're going to come to see the show. We see that we're trained in that. We see that we, on television. We flip on the television and we watch the show. You know, we're going to see something. And then we become critics of it, actually, to happen. But if we're here for the show, then being a spectator is just fine. You know, if you're here, I'm just going to see what the show is. You know, if that's what's going to happen. If we're coming only to hear the sermon, then being late isn't important. I just be sure I'm here before Bill starts speaking. I'm just roll in. But if we're here doing worship, if we're here doing worship, then being a spectator tells God that worshiping him isn't that important to me. See, if, if, I, if, I'm, if we are doing worship and I come just to be a spectator, then that tells God 
that worshiping him isn't that important to me. Because I'm not taking time to worship him. I'm not being involved in that. Not being the participant in that. Not having. Or if we're doing worship, if we're doing worship, being late tells God that worshiping isn't that important. You know? I've, because I'm here to get. Here to, and I hope the sermon stimulates me type of thing. See? I'm hoping that that, that, that you know, is something that I wrap my mind around. That was kind of interesting. I go home. I'm not worshiping. I'm a spectator. But if it's important, if it's important to worship him, then I don't want to miss a minute of my opportunity to worship him. Not a minute. I want to be here before they start. I want to be here to be participate. I don't, I don't want to miss one minute of it. Because I'm going to worship God. I'm going to do that. That's my moment to come together with my church congregation to worship him. Okay, here's some hints on how to have a richer experience. Here we go. Here's some hints on how to do that. Number one, you need to be present here right from the start. And I've talked a little about that. You come, you're a performer, you're not going to be late. What would you think if I came and you were waiting and waiting and waiting for me to have the sermon and I came in five minutes after sermon was supposed to start? And I come in and say, so, <laughs> I'm so sorry, yeah. late again, so sorry. And you're all waiting for me to show up. You wouldn't, you wouldn't like that. After a while, we get a call to the conference saying, hey, our pastor's late every week. What in the world is the matter with him? You know? Because I'd be sell telling you, it, it's not that important. You're not that important, sir, you know, I, to get here and honor. Number two, sing your praises to God. Say, well, I don't, I'm, I'm not a singer. That's not the point. Whether you're a singer or not doesn't mean you are opening and singing those words to God, not for people around you. You're not here to put on a contest or show. You are here to lift your voice to God. So as she was singing, I'm singing silently in my heart. See? When the prayer was given, I'm praying as well. So I, I'm participating in that event. Third one is I have the public prayers. I'm in that. Don't let the prayer just go by and just listening. Get in it. I expand the prayer. When somebody mentions something, I says, yes, Lord, that's me. I pray for those people too. Lord, I'm concerned about so-and-so. And my mind is going, going and worshiping my God and communicating with him. Number four, listening for his word to you. Listening for his word to you. That's during usually the sermon time, but how we worship during the sermon time is not just listening and saying, oh, I don't like that. I want to sermon, and so I say, Lord, the word of God is going to be opened. The pastor is going to share something. I'm going to listen to something here. But let your spirit speak to me through your word. What am I going to take? And that's when I'm preparing my sermons. Lord, make that sermon preach to me. One time I was, people were coming out and saying, well, pastor, that was a nice sermon. And I said, yes, it sure was. And they go, pastor is so arrogant. Yes, it was a good sermon. Why? Because it was preaching to me. As I preparing, I needed that sermon. I needed to hear that. I needed God's word to lighten in my heart and to draw me. So if you get that from me, that's what I mean. So I, I'm, I want it to be a sermon that preaches to me, that gives me that, that part, that part, part. And f fifth, I need to be worship and giving. 
It's important that I worship God by giving. My offerings to him, my giving to him, is a way of worshiping God. I'm going to come back to that. But right now, I want to ask Danielle, come on forward. Danielle's going to help us with something here. And perhaps, perhaps you, there are all kinds of ways in which you can worship God in giving here. It used to be that we passed the plate. I remember my dad and passed the plate, and he'd open his wallet and put some cash in. And that's the way it used to be. That's all changed now because most of you don't carry your checkbooks with you or you don't carry cash with you very much. You do everything through Apple Pay or whatever and all that kind. So, so here, help, help us out here. Are you going to need the clicker too? Uh, well, you can click for okay, me. Okay, all right. I think right off the bat, I just, um, I think I have a quick video, Xander, right off the bat. Can you start that for me, please? Uh, go to, I think it's the third, third one there. There we go. Tithely. Giving to your local church should be easy. And with Tithely, it is. Just download the app and securely register your credit or debit card. You're done. Now you can give during church services or anywhere else. Use Tithely to give a one-time gift or set up recurring donations. It's that simple. It's fast, secure, and easy to use. Tithely, the simplest way to give to your local church. Okay, so what we have tried to do is create an easy, simple, and safe way to give. I don't know about you, but this little device right here does everything in my life. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I pay my bills on my phone. I manage my accounts on my phone. <clears throat> I've been fighting a cold. Please excuse me. And so what we've tried to do is, I'm over it now, but oh. it's just lingering. What we've tried to do is also create that simple and easy way here at church. Now, we offer multiple ways of giving each and every week. And that is done through an app. That's done through an online giving through our website. You can actually text and give as well. And then if you still like putting that cash or that check into the envelope, we offer that as well. And we're going to even have a collection box in case you miss the pickup if you didn't have it ready. So we're trying to make giving not difficult, as easy and painless as possible, because giving back to God should be easy. It should not be something that we stress over. It should be something that we give and give cheerfully and give, and give without any reserve whatsoever. So I just want to take a couple of minutes to kind of highlight each of those ways of giving. Obviously, the, the envelope in the back, if, if you need any help in filling that out, if you haven't in the past, then we can go over that. But if you can click for me. <clears throat> mobile giving, which is what I recommend, is a quick little app. If uh, we go to the next screen, Tithely is a quick download. It's available on iOS or Android. If you go to your app store, it'll take you 30 seconds or so to download the app. Once you download the app, it's going to ask you to set up your app. Go ahead and click. And on your phone, it's going to, you're going to be able to search for the Naples Adventist Church once you find it. And it's listed right there. In fact, on my phone, it says Naples Seventh-day Adventist Church in Naples, Florida, 34104. That's us. All I have to do is click Give Now. I've already set up my, my site, so it's easy for me to give. You can go to the next one. And then it comes up to our Naples Seventh-day Adventist Church. It gives you all of the different... Go, you can click, keep on clicking. 
all of the different ways um, that we can add. Now, here's what I'm going to do to sh easily show you. I am going to give $10 to Tithe, and I'm going to cover the fees. Now, this is one of the things that we ask. If you give online, <clears throat> would you mind selecting the little tiny heart that says cover fees. That allows us to save as much money as possible as a church. And in my $10 donation, it added 61 cents. I think I can afford a 61 cents add-on in order to pay for it. And then I click give and okay, and I just gave my tithe today. Quick and easy as that. Um, we can do the same thing on our website. If you go to naplessdachurch.org, in the upper right-hand corner, we have a give. You click right there. It brings you up the screen. You can fill out all the information and give your one-time donation that way. All of the apps that we have, all of the online stuff, is all secure and safe to use. It has the same level of security that a bank has to have when offering any of your banking information if you bank online. So we want you to rest assured that it is safe and convenient. Uh, we understand that that safety is an important factor in everything. Yes, sir, go on. Um, that's also giving online. The online, if you give through our website, even on our phone, it all looks the same. It's all the same sort of back, background platform. So it's consistent and you don't have to learn different systems when you're giving. Okay. And then, that's the same one, click online. And then text giving. We have that capability too. So if you go to the next screen, please. Our text if you want to give online, if you forgot something or you want to give, we have a texting service. Who here gets my text messages? Hey, wonderful. If you have not signed up for any of my text messages, you need to Shame do that. You. You, you need to do that. And you can do that simply by texting that number, 941-877-5654. Right now you can do it and hit welcome, and then you'll be in my system. And then you get to know all the wonderful things that are going on in our church each and every week. But you can also do that through giving. If you text give to that number, you're gonna get a link back and it's gonna say give through this link. That link again is a secure website that you can give. So we've offered as many convenient and easy ways in order to give in this digital age because we are in the biggest communication shift in the last 500 years. Since the invention of the typewriter, we are now in a different age. We are in a digital world. So we're trying to offer that convenience, that safety, and that ability. And I can tell you there are more times than not, I do not give here at church. That's not when I give. I get my paycheck, I sit at my desk, I deposit it remotely, <laughs> and then I go to my app and I give. That's all done on a Thursday, not on a Saturday. Um, I do that because that's what's convenient for me to do in this day and age, and we want to offer that same convenience and that same ability to everybody. If you have any questions or if you run into any problems, please come and find me. Um, some people have had questions on different things. The Tithely support is amazing, and they have helped me a number of times answer questions for people if I don't already know the answer. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. So, the importance of giving and what you need, not only your tithe, and we can talk about how your tithe works as supports the pastor and the ministry, but all the things that happen here in the church come through the church budget or through the church mission budget. And that giving, that sharing, you need to be supportive of that if you please can and help in, in whatever you can to help and give to that. If you're not on that program of doing that, please get on it. You'll find it. No matter your age, you can start helping and 
and helping that. It'll be a blessing to you, and there's more to it than that. So find your Bibles, Luke 19. Luke 19. In Luke 19, there's a story, a very familiar story. If you came up through kindergarten, uh, through the church system, and you had that, it's the story of a man named Zacchaeus. And we'll begin with a verse, verse. And Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through Jericho. John, we've been to Jericho. Passing through Jericho. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He was what we would call today a tax commissioner. He was someone who was over tax collectors. He was very wealthy. And he wanted to see Jesus, who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. I'm going to your house today. Going to your house today. I remember that. So he went ahead, the Bible says. He climbed up in a sycamore or fig tree to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way, can you imagine how dignified this must have been for this man as he climbs up into a tree in all of his expensive clothes? And so he ran ahead. He climbed up in there. He wanted to see Jesus coming. He's looking for Jesus to come as Jesus is passing through because he was so short he couldn't see. So when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. This is one of the very, one of the, I think the only times where Jesus invited himself to go to a person's house. Now, it's interesting that when he did that, when he came down there, that Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, he looked up and spoke to him and came down. Zacchaeus came down immediately and welcomed him gladly because a person of that means and wealth would be able to take guests at any time, be able to welcome people. And all the people saw this and they began to mutter. He has gone to be a guest of a sinner. That's what he did. He made his judgment. Jesus is going to go, this man eats with publicans and sinners. Remember? He eats with tax collectors and sinners. But Zacchaeus, watch this, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. That was the understanding of how you make restitution for wrongs. So he said, I will make everything right. Giving to the poor was thought of a thing of piety. If you gave to the poor, that was a gift of, of piety, a gift of submission. And then he said, if I've been cheated anyone, which there are people in the crowd standing around, yes, that he'd cheated. So I will pay them back four times the amount. I will make it right to them for the cost I've had lost to them. Desire of ages, page 555 says, no repentance is genuine that does not work reformation. If it does not make a change, then, re then repentance really isn't repentance. So Jesus stood there and said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And then we have, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Came to seek and to save the lost. Now this story 
which we sang about all through kindergarten. This story that we have learned about Zacchaeus being a short, wee little man, of the change of heart that when he met Jesus. There's something of an encounter that Jesus has when he meets people in sin. And Jesus reached out to him and they felt the moving of his spirit. Now what does that have to do with giving? Well, Zacchaeus responded to God, to his God, by giving back and sharing with her, I'll give you half of my possessions. I will give away and pay back four times. I will be honest from now on. I've been reformed. I have met the Lord. When we give, we financially support Jesus' mission to find and save the lost. When we give. So it's not giving to Naples Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's giving to the Lord. It's mission of reaching the community. And this church is committed to doing that. Amen. We are committed to that. We heard about the Pathfinders this morning. Pathfinders start up tomorrow. They start registration tomorrow and start going. They have an incredible calendar filled with things. You'll see them, their sashes. There's see sashes all over. Their sashes remind you of Pathfinders. Our Pathfinders reach out into our community. There are not only community programs for them, but we have people for the community who want to be part of Pathfinders. That's, that's the ministry. So in supporting the church, you support Pathfinders, you support them. We do this with our lunches that we invite people. We do this with our breakfasts. We have a couple that's coming to our um, new couple that's coming to our class on Wednesday night. When you give and support that, support the local church, when you give that, it helps us support the ministries to keep them going. So I encourage you to pay your tithe, return your tithe to the Lord, and then give generously to the Lord. I've never outgiven the Lord. Sometimes I've been in a deep financial deal. I don't know how I'm going to be making it, but I give anyway, and the Lord blesses me. Danielle has that testimony she's given a couple times. It's amazing what the Lord did in her life to help support her through her giving. You cannot outgive him to going. All right, so today, today as you think and as you process this through, what can I do in sharing and giving of myself? So we, we come, we're here to worship God, we sing, we come, we pray, we hear his word, and we give of ourselves. I give of my gifts to God. I give of my gifts to him. When you're giving to Jesus, when you're giving to support his role, it takes on that you become part of the ministry. You become part of that and to help that. So whether you're giving to support the ministry here or whether we're giving to go support the project that's are going over to, to help in the Bahamas, your part, you're helping with that part and spreading that far and near. Great is your reward in heaven. Great is your reward. You're laying up treasures in heaven. Because soon, when Jesus comes, you will be wealthy beyond all possible understanding. You will never know what wealth is until you're there. We think, we think of our president as being wealthy. He's poor 
compared to where you're going to be when you get into heaven because they're going to pave the street on front of your house with gold. So, you know, they, he doesn't have gold streets in front of his house. But you're going to have that in front of your house when you're there. And you will be with the Lord. Please, as the picture suggests, pass it on to our children. I learned giving from my parents. I learned how to give from my parents. They taught me how to give. They showed me the envelope. They showed me how to give my tithe from my my little, I'm, I'm sure it drove the treasure crazy as I put my dime in each week because I, I got my dollar of allowance. I put my dime in and, and I gave uh, my 10% to the treasurer so they had 40 cents going to tithe and, and I learned all those little things but it taught me a great lesson of life. When you give through the system, you get a, you get a receipt back. I encourage everyone to use the tithe envelope and the offering envelopes because you get a receipt back at the end of the year for your income taxes and it helps our treasurer keep exactly track of where you want your gift to go she is very faithful now there's one thing i want to conclude with this and in my entire ministry i have not looked at the giving patterns of people of my members of my church i have never done that and i will not do that here so what you give to the Lord is between you and the only other one who knows is the treasurer. She does not share your giving pattern, your giving, how much you're giving, with me. The only way that I would possibly have any hint of what you're giving is if you tell me. She won't tell me. The church board, and I ask her not to, and we have an arrangement, the church board does not know how much you're giving. Your giving pattern is never shared it's private between you and God. And we keep it that. So when I talk about giving and the call for giving, please don't feel I'm pointing you out because I don't know what you're giving. If the Spirit of God is speaking to you to give more, then that is between you and God. Okay? I do not know. I choose not to know. So that I can look you straight in the eye. You can look me straight in the eye. There's nothing, no, no uh, secret shared. That, that you don't know about. And also, I could mention just in passing, that when you tell me things, I have a, a young lady, she told me one time, well, pastor, I've, I've told you I had an abortion. Yes, I, she must have, but I don't keep records in my office of that, and I don't keep it in my head. I don't need to, I, if I mentioned something and we dealt with the issue in there and then I go on and I don't keep dirty secrets. I don't need to, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to deal with that. So, so if you say something to me about something deep into heart, yes, I want to help you and I'll pray for you and so forth, but then I don't carry that on, okay? And I don't put records in the files with it. So if all the records in my files will be a positive things about our church, I feel completely... Um, at freedom to tell a future pastor who may come in about all the good people in my church. I've done that. I've cheated and said, see, they want to sit quietly. And I said, no, 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 no. No, no, there are people in their church there that you need to, you need to kick, kick into and realize there are some incredibly talented people. We're full. The Lord has put the gifts he needs in this church. He's put them. Have you noticed new people are coming to church? I don't know if you noticed that, but they are. We're getting new people that are coming. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity for us to worship and to worship through giving. May it be important to us to do so.
May we recognize the need in all five of those areas that we can worship before you, our King and our Creator, for the great actions that you have done. Lord, we lift you up and praise you in your name. Amen.